It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather. And he who controls the weather will control the world. Every single drop of rain is now contaminated from the North Pole to the South Pole to the top of Mount Everest and everywhere in between. Not opinion, theory, conjecture, or hypothesis. Extensive testing proven fact. First headline from cleantechnica.com. Cloudy with a chance of plastics. Microplastics are everywhere. That's the end of the headline. This is an important follow-up report that yet again confirms, quote, the average person inhales a credit card amount of microplastics every week. That's according to new research, which also states, quote, the plastic we breathe in stays in. Nanoparticles are extremely bioavailable and bioaccumulative, easily absorbed and extremely difficult to expel. For the record, polymer nanofibers are a primary element listed in climate engineering patents. Here's one example. U.S. patent number 631521B1-EN. Method of modifying weather. Abstract. A method for artificially modifying the weather by seeding rain clouds of a storm with suitable cross-linked aqueous polymers. The polymer is dispersed into the cloud and the wind of the storm agitates the mixture causing the polymer to absorb the rain. This reaction forms a substance which precipitates to the surface below, thus diminishing the cloud's ability to rain. And who cares how bad it contaminates the environment? And this is only one climate engineering element. There are many, many more and they are all toxic. Also for the record, climate engineering elements like aluminum nanoparticles are desiccants, thus diminishing and dispersing precipitation as well, which can then be steered to other regions where it comes down in a deluge. New from BBC, an influential cli-fi novel, Desperate Government Ignores International Consensus and Pumps Aerosols into the Atmosphere to Cool the World. Could it happen for real? Question mark. The report then states, Deployment could also risk opening up a whole new arena of disinformation about why the weather was changing. Translation. Populations might finally look up and wake up. Much more in this report in a moment. New from Scripps News, a.k.a. Scripps Institute. This headline report. In real life, blocking the sun. The report states, do drastic times for a climate call for drastic measures? Question mark. That's the question governments around the world are asking themselves as the impacts of climate change take an increasingly deadly toll on the earth. Plagued with raging wildfires and relentless heat waves, some countries are now turning their attention to a controversial climate intervention measure known as solar geoengineering. The Scripps report then states, Solar geoengineering is the idea that humans might deliberately alter Earth's radiative balance, the balance between sunlight that comes in and infrared heat that radiates outward, that balance that creates the climate. That's a statement from Dr. David Keith lead of the Climate Systems Engineering Initiative at the University of Chicago. Question for Dr. Keith. After over 75 years of ever-accelerating covert climate engineering operations, a.k.a. weather warfare, how's our energy balance doing so far? Here's how. As I've stated in so many broadcasts over so many years, the overall heating of the planet is going exponential, which includes the superheating of our seas. And the rate of heating is equivalent to the thermal energy of seven Hiroshima-sized atomic bombs per second. If you want
you want to see Dr. Keith confronted in person by me at an international climate engineering conference, take the time to view the groundbreaking geoengineering watch climate engineering documentary titled The Dimming for free from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Let's take a moment to rewind to this March 2022 study from MIT Technology Review titled Scientists Advance Cloud Seeding Capabilities with Nanotechnology. The report says a decades-old idea with today's innovation might be the answer to help drought-stricken countries and to fight climate change. They then say, since the 1940s, scientists have studied ways to increase rainfall with the goal of increasing precipitation in arid and semi-arid climates. Today, that endeavor, they say, is making incredible leaps and bounds as scientists and engineers apply nanotechnology to improve the effectiveness of cloud seeding. Quote, the global water shortage has continuously intensified by rapid population growth and economic development around the world. Conventional water Resources such as rivers, lakes, and groundwater have become very limited, which is driving scientists and engineers to look for alternative water resources. So, are we to believe that the controllers of the Matrix and their climate engineering minions are actually trying to help save us all from ourselves? Not so much. Again, climate engineering operations and the desiccant particles they are dumping into our skies are further fueling devastating droughts around the world, not mitigating them. And between the droughts, toxic deluges. All of this, fruits of the climate intervention operations. On that note from Reuters.com, global water cycle, quote, spinning out of balance. That's a statement from the UN Meteorological Agency. They then say, we are seeing much heavier precipitation episodes and flooding, and they say at the opposite extreme, much more evaporation, dry soils, and more intense droughts. Countless times over many years on this broadcast and others, I have desperately tried to sound the alarm that the hallmark of climate intervention operations are record drought and deluge scenarios. From The Guardian, Indigenous Amazonians urge Brazil to declare emergency over severe drought. Drought and heat waves, the report says, has killed fish in rivers as indigenous groups say villagers have no water, food, or medicine. This is again a fall from last week, too, and we had river temperature in some parts of the Amazon 102 degrees. Killed fish, killed dolphins, and everything else in those regions. From VOX.com, this... It's clearer than ever that we're pushing the Amazon rainforest to its dreadful demise. The report then says, Human survival depends on this iconic ecosystem and only one thing will save it. What's their solution? To stop cutting down the trees. That's so far been a very elusive goal. But even if they were able to somehow stop the complete clear-cutting of the Amazon forest, would that save the remaining trees? Trees that are dying because of toxic precipitation that's killing soil microbiome, affecting root systems, causing them to shut down nutrient uptake. Climate engineering that's destroying the ozone layer, more on that later in this broadcast, which is causing trees to shut their stomata, the respiratory ports, so they don't feed on carbon, they don't expel oxygen, they're simply dormant and dying. So much more to this equation that the so-called scientists don't tell us, and much more to say about them later in this broadcast as well. From the San Francisco Chronicle, California will soon require many cities to significantly cut water use. And this after the rainpocalypse and snowmageddon. The U.S. drought monitor currently shows almost no drought in California, but that's a lie. 
Though there was abundant toxic rain and chemically nucleated snow in many parts of the state earlier this year, when it comes in a deluge and then disappears for many months, the total rainfall for the year is irrelevant. Drought still exists. Climate engineering desiccant particles that rapidly dry out the atmosphere and thus flora further intensifies the drying out of already dying forests. The report continues, state water regulators are turning their attention to the prospect of long-term water shortages with plans for permanent statewide restrictions. Under a first-of-its-kind proposal, about 4,000 cities and suppliers, including most in the Bay Area, will soon have to meet state-mandated targets on water use, requiring some to cut consumption by as much as 20% or more within two years, regardless of how wet or dry it is. Fines for violators could be as high as $10,000 per day. Yes, the disaster capitalists never rest, do they? How are things going in South America? Not so well. From the Washington Post, Argentina wildfires create apocalyptic scene of blazes at city's edge. The report then states, drought indicators are at, quote, extreme levels. Drought or deluge, the climate engineers control the flow of precipitation, where it rains, where it doesn't, how much it rains, and how toxic that rain is. Welcome to Engineered Earth. You're listening to the week installment of the commercial-free, non-political global alert news report, the end of the world as we know it broadcast, brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of global climate engineering operations, a.k.a. weather warfare. Reaching a critical mass of awareness is the only way forward in this fight to expose and halt these operations. How do we accomplish that? by starting a conversation on climate engineering that leads people to a credible source of data. Geoengineeringwatch.org strives to be that source of data. Every day counts in this all-important battle. Moving on, from oilprice.com, this headline, Climate change is investors' most common motivation to dump stocks. Here's a few corrections and additions to this headline. We're not facing climate change. What's unfolding is most correctly categorized as an abrupt climate collapse scenario, further fueled by climate intervention operations. And about the stock market, sooner than most dare to believe, the card house will fall once and for all. Don't believe it? Doesn't matter. You will. Wait and see. From the Washington Post, Category 5 typhoon in Pacific Seas winds leap 95 miles per hour in 24 hours. That's an increase of 95 miles per hour. Super Typhoon Bolivin became the planet's second strongest storm this year with 180 mile per hour winds. It could affect weather patterns in North America, the report states. Again, another case of rapid intensification of term we hear all the time now, and that's because the climate engineers are manipulating atmospheric pressure zones. That affects the circulation of these storms. From Fox News, Taiwan blasted by world's third highest wind gust on record. A gust of 212.9 miles per hour. That's inconceivably strong because this equation is exponential. As you increase wind velocity, it goes off the scale, the amount of force in such high winds. From NBC, yet another cyclone that many didn't even hear about in the U.S. Lydia makes landfall as a Category 4 hurricane near Mexico's Puerto Vallarta Resort. The report says Hurricane Lydia made landfall as an extremely dangerous Category 4 storm. This is Tuesday evening with winds of 140 miles per hour near Mexico's Pacific Coast Resort of Puerto Vallarta. And... As yet another hurricane season winds down, still no hurricanes have been allowed to spin up anywhere near the oil drilling region of the record warm Gulf of Mexico. 
Again, I ask, is nature just looking out for the interests of big oil? Or do the climate engineers have a hand in the sparing of the oil drilling platforms while other regions get pounded by steered storms? You decide. And again, for those that think hurricane suppression so they can keep the oil pumping is a great thing, it's not great on many levels. When you interfere with the planet's attempt to cool itself, obviously we will all pay the consequences for that. And the more we convert carbon fuels into atmospheric gases, the deeper into the abyss we will fall with climate engineering, again, in the attempt to mask the damage already done, is doing even more damage, far more damage, pushing us from the proverbial frying pan into the fire. How are things going at the bottom of the world? Not good. And for any that think Antarctica is too far away to affect their lives, think again. From APNews.com, scientists count huge melts in many protective Antarctic ice shelves. Trillions of tons of ice lost. Let's add to this equation from the UK Guardian. Without the Southern Ocean, we cannot survive on Earth. Our research must wait no longer. That's the end of the headline. From the report, to protect Antarctica and the Southern Ocean is to protect humanity's future on this planet. The Southern Ocean is the pump that ventilates most of the world's deep oceans. It nurtures unique wildlife and feeds fisheries and stores carbon and absorbs heat. Without its free services, the planet would be unlivable for us. The ice sheet covering East Antarctica holds most of the Earth's glacier ice with enough potential sea level rise to utterly transform our coastlines and engulf our cities if it all melted. How much sea level rise is built into Antarctica? Something in the range of 197 feet. And no, that wouldn't happen overnight, of course. But it doesn't take only a small percentage of that to completely inundate cities all over the world that are at sea level. New from Bloomberg, Singapore is fighting rising seas, this is one example, to save $50 billion in real estate. The report says the island nation won't cede an inch of land, a government official pledges. This is incredibly arrogant human hubris that thinks they can fight the forces of nature that have now been triggered. They are in for a very rude awakening very soon. And there's this to consider, also from Bloomberg. Zombie viruses are waking up after 50,000 years as planet worms. We've seen many headlines like this. Blaming nature for attacking us with, quote, zombie viruses. Pay no attention to the hundreds of bioweapon labs all over the world that have been and are engineering who knows what and releasing it wherever they want on whomever they want. Ignore all that. Let's just blame it on nature. It's so convenient for those in power. Moving on, what else is harming our health? Our atmosphere is saturated with sun-blocking particulates, most of them toxic. Most of them not from nature, but from industrialized, militarized society with climate engineering, atmospheric aerosol spraying operations at the top of the list. Thus, vitamin D deficiency is now epidemic. Furthering society's descent into ill health. And vitamin D is much more than a vitamin. If you don't know or understand how important this element is, please do some research. Make sure you're getting enough. And chelate constantly. Seek a nutritionist for help with chelation. It must be done carefully or you can do more harm than good. But it is now essential given the fact that we, all of us, are exposed to a plethora of toxic atmospheric elements that are 
Although highly toxic in and of themselves, when combined, you have synergistic toxicity. The overall toxicity increases exponentially. It's a wonder we're still walking, talking, and functioning, at least to the degree we are. Let's add this from CBS News. Air quality has been horrible this year, and it's not just because of wildfire smoke. Well, that's definitely true. The report refers to surface ozone. Atmospheric ozone good, surface ozone bad. Keep that in mind. But what else is in this mix? Again, no official air testing agency is even looking for it, let alone disclosing anything below 2.5 microns in size, most of it 10 microns, which means there's a mountain of highly toxic material that doesn't even get reported. And climate engineering elements, being nanoparticulates, all of that goes under the radar. And that's by design. It's not an accident. I've been face-to-face with California EPA officials and closed-door meetings arranged arranged by congressional reps, told to my face, entire system is rigged, They are told to report combustion particulates only, virtually nothing below the 2.5 micron range, and the rest goes out the window. Biosphere and ecological collapse, made far worse by climate intervention operations, has beat the controllers to the proverbial intersection, and now they are more desperate and dangerous than ever before. Climate engineering, release of biologicals, false flags, global conflicts, All are in play. Geoengineeringwatch.org has warned about all of this, that it would come and accelerate as the gravity and immediacy of what's unfolding became impossible to hide. Controllers are playing their cards now, and they have much bigger ones that will likely be played soon. Bet on it. So, what is the largest scientific panel ever assembled on any subject in human history warned us about? And is their warning accurate? Here's a rewind reminder of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change 6th Assessment Report from late 2021. Here's a statement from the report. The comprehensive review of human knowledge of the climate crisis took hundreds of scientists eight years to compile and runs through thousands of pages, but boiled down to one message, this, quote, act now or it will be too late. Let's stop there. Unfortunately, it's already too late. The IPCC report in question, again, as stated, is already two years old and was compiled with data that was eight years old at the time. Total 10-year-old data that even then was used to come to conclusions that fell far short of the true threat we collectively face. And was there a single mention of the climate engineering factor in the equation? The single largest climate disrupting part of the equation of all? What do you think? Of course not. Not a word. So many ask me, what can I do? Though I make mention of the activist suggestions link in every single Global Alert News broadcast as the go-to report for specific instructions on how to help move this fight forward, here's the bottom line. Start and spread spot fires of awareness by sharing credible data from a credible source. Send a link to the groundbreaking climate engineering documentary, The Dimming, from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to elected officials, environmental organizations and authors, media sources, agricultural organizations, indigenous organizations, the list goes on and on. This entire effort can be done from your own home computer for free. Everyone is needed in this effort. Time is not on our side. As mentioned at the start of this broadcast, new from BBC, an influential cli-fi novel reveals a desperate government, ignores international consensus, and pumps aerosols into the atmosphere to cool the world. Could it happen for real? And for those who have never heard the term cli-fi, 
That's because it was only recently invented a few years ago. Just another tool for the controllers to try and marginalize those who recognize climate engineering is ongoing and who have the courage to say so. The term means climate fiction, cli-fi. The new BBC report continues with this. By reflecting sunlight back into space, the particulates act as a planetary parasol, a.k.a. sunshade, mimicking the effect of large-scale volcanic eruptions. The sky turns whiter, they say, sunsets redder, and the planet cools, albeit temporarily and toxically. More from the BBC report. If one rogue nation did decide to dim the sun for real, what environmental and geopolitical consequences might unfurl? Question mark. The report then states, quote, particulates fall back to Earth after about 12 months. Stratospheric aerosol injection could impact everything from the position of the jet stream to causing regional droughts. Went over that earlier in this broadcast and so many others. One science study recommends that if stratospheric injections begin around 2030, they should peak 50 years later before tapering off over two centuries. Let's stop there. If climate engineering begins, as if it hasn't been ongoing for over 75 years already, then the report states it should be ramped up for 50 years and continued for a total of 200 years? That statement is a definite deep dive into climate fiction. On the current course, most, if any, won't make 2030, let alone 2230. After over seven decades of playing God with the weather, we face mathematically certain near-term planetary ecocide and ultimate omnicide. And about the fire hose of lies and deception that the so-called climate science community now represents, in-depth analysis coming in this broadcast. And about the BBC report stating that the jet-sprayed nanoparticles, quote, fall back to Earth after 12 months, more lies. Geoengineeringwatch.org has had extensive consultations with a polymer chemist that estimated particle descent times to be as short as 12 to 24 hours, not months. A final excerpt from the BBC report. Deployment could also risk opening up a whole new arena of disinformation about why the weather was changing, as mentioned at the beginning of this broadcast. And we know what they mean by disinformation. That means anyone who disputes the official narrative, the official denial of what we can see with our own eyes in the skies. Anyone but the clinically blind can see this if they can get past their own denial and their own unwillingness to face the truth. And again, the hallmark of a healthy mind is an unyielding willingness to face the truth, no matter how dire that truth is. Here's another puzzle piece from phys.org. Toxic storms blamed on climate change cloud in Tajikistan. Report says, in the last few years, I have been getting more and more patients from a physician there with cardiovascular diseases. That's what a doctor told American Free Press, blaming fine particles from the storms. Again, none of these particles reported by any official air quality testing, all under the radar. The report then says the biggest ones enter the organism, i.e. us, and stay in the upper respiratory tract, but the finer particles go into the lower respiratory tract, then the lungs, the heart, and other organs. Yes, polymer nanoparticles, which numerous recent science studies state are now ubiquitous in the atmosphere and the environment are absolutely inseparable from this equation. And there's this reminder, polymer nanoparticles are named as biological carrier platforms, a.k.a. biological warfare. They can carry a pathogen from the aircraft dispersions to the surface. We're all drowning in a rapidly rising sea of lies, and even now, how many Americans believe reality is what Matrix Media says it is? How many Americans still believe geopolitical issues and conflicts are occurring only because of the reasons that Matrix Media has spoon-fed them. 
How many Americans have actually done any objective research into the actual history behind unfolding events and conflicts? The same entities that have orchestrated countless global conflicts from behind the curtain also control the vast majority of media sources. Their coverage is absolutely not objective or honest. Their agendas are not benevolent. They're about fortifying power and control for their paymasters, as has always been the case. How many well-off Americans have taken the time to pause from their personal pursuits of entertainment, pleasure, and material gain to look up and consider that the same government that they blindly support regarding unfolding and accelerating geopolitical agendas abroad is spraying them like roaches from above, a.k.a. the toxic climate engineering dispersions that are constantly saturating our breathable air column with highly inflammatory nanoparticulates, elements like aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, polymer fibers, surfactants, graphene, the list goes on. Our skies are constantly filled with filth. Obvious aircraft dispersions that up-close film footage proves is not condensation. Go to the jet spraying section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org and you can see on some of our up-close footage of these aircraft, nozzles visible turning on and off, end of argument. It is not condensation. It's a sprayed dispersion. How many Americans thoughtlessly waved their flags, the pretend patriots, completely ignoring decades of on-the-record confirmation that our government is nothing short of state-sponsored mafia lying again and again and again to create conflict that benefits those in power and the military-industrial complex that represent them. Are other governments any better? No, they're just on a smaller scale. And to those that are even now feeding for their information from any matrix media source, if you think you're being told the truth regarding the details, history, motives, and agendas that drive the various sides of conflicts, wherever they may be, think again. Matrix media and so many of the official sources that represent the criminal cabal masquerading as our government are lying to you. They always have. Consider the following quote from William J. Casey, former CIA director. Here it is. We'll know our disinformation program is complete when everything the American public believes is false. End quote. Again, the controllers of the matrix are now more desperate and dangerous than ever before. They have many more cards to play. Buckle up, because they're just getting started. When was the point of no return crossed by industrialized, militarized society? About two decades ago. What's that mean? It means that we will never again know the formerly thriving planet that we have known. Now, what we're fighting for is to salvage any part of the planet's remaining life support systems, which are all unraveling and collapsing by the day. If we can do that, if we can save something, some part of this former miracle planet, that someone might survive what's coming, that is worth our effort until our last breath. The human race has radically overplayed its hand. It's called ecological overshoot. Here's the dictionary definition of that term. Ecological overshoot is the phenomenon which occurs when the demands made on a natural ecosystem exceed its regenerative capacity. Global ecological overshoot occurs when the demands made by the human race exceed what the biosphere of Earth can provide through its capacity for renewal. The majority of the world currently follows an economic paradigm that seeks to grow all three parameters of population size, affluence, and use of technology. These behavior patterns are causing escalating environmental damage, and there is evidence, the dictionary definition states, for growing risk of ecological collapse.
Let's stop there. Too late. The patently false paradigm of perpetual growth on a finite planet with finite resources isn't just creating a, quote, growing risk of collapse. Collapse is already well underway and is accelerating by the day, both societal and ecological. The manipulators of the Matrix know this, of course. They're the most responsible for the dark corner we now find ourselves in. In the coming days and weeks and months, the controllers will play ever larger cards, as the previous week has proven. Buckle up. It's just the beginning of what's to come. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the bad news broadcast, installment number 427, October 14th, 2023. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations known as geoengineering. The commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour broadcast now on 27 AM and FM stations throughout the country. All recent recordings of this broadcast can be found on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org under the recent column. Geoengineering Watch wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us to expand our reach and thus our voice in this desperate last hour effort to sound the alarm. On that subject, if you're on our email list, please put us on your email contact book so that our emails don't go to the spam files. Please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary, The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities. The best way to share is by circulating the direct link to The Dimming by email directly from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. When viewing our YouTube of The Dimming or Global Alert News or any other Geoengineering Watch video on YouTube, please subscribe, share, and comment, all of which helps us to circulate critically important data to a much wider audience. Again, that's geoengineeringwatch.org. For our on-air listeners that may not catch that website, I know I say it sometimes too quickly. Waking the masses to the climate engineering onslaught is the great imperative of our time. If we can expose it, we can stop it from the inside out as we awaken our military brothers and sisters, defense industry personnel, to what they are participating in, their own demise and ours. And to all those that are steadfastly committed to this must-win fight for all that matters, as always, I want to express my deepest and most profound gratitude. It's our collective efforts that can still make a difference at this late hour. Stay tuned for input and specific directions on how to make your voice heard. Moving on, more on the subject of green energy that isn't, and it won't save us from ourselves. Here's the headline, offshore wind is an economic and environmental catastrophe. Report states, when it comes to, quote, renewables wreaking havoc on the environment, wind turbines have stiff competition. For example, over 500,000 square miles of biofuel plantations have already replaced farms and forests to replace a mere 4% of transportation fuel. To source raw materials to build, quote, sustainable batteries, mining operations are scaling up with no end in sight in nations with appalling labor conditions and non-existent environmental regulations. But the worst effect is the wind industry. America's wind power industry somehow manages to attract almost no negative coverage in the press or litigation from environmentalists despite causing some of the most obvious and tragic environmental catastrophes so far this century. Last August, there was the ongoing slaughter of the whales off America's northeast coasts 
thanks to the construction of offshore wind turbines. When you detonate massive explosives, repeatedly drive steel piles into the ocean floor with a hydraulic hammer and blast high decibel sonar mapping signals underwater, you're going to harm animals that rely on sound to orient themselves in the ocean. To say it is a mere coincidence that hundreds of these creatures have washed ashore dead all of a sudden during precisely the same months when the blasting and pounding begin is brazen deception. Nonetheless, when the story can't be buried, deception is the strategy. Not one major environmental organization or government watchdog agency or media outlet has called for a slowdown in industrial offshore wind projects. Instead, they repeatedly claim these allegations are, quote, misinformation. Again, anything disputes the official narrative. And from that paragon of truth, factcheck.org, we get this. No evidence, offshore wind development, killing whales, end quote. Let's set aside the obvious negative impact on whale populations of tens of thousands of marine surveying and construction sorties for offshore areas where shipping traffic has never before been concentrated, or the impact of noise and explosions on not one site, such as would be the case with a lone oil rig, but thousands of sites, each one being prepared for an offshore wind turbine. The destruction wrought by wind turbines extends well beyond what it's doing to the whales. A report just released by a New England Fisherman Association summarizes research they completed on offshore wind projects. Their findings are stunning. Just the geographic extent of these proposed offshore wind projects is unprecedented. According to the report, federal regulators at the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management, that's the BOEM, have designated almost 10 million acres for wind farm surveys and development. That's over 15,000 square miles. Not included in that allocation are the corridors where the high-voltage lines will have to cross the ocean floor to transfer electricity from the turbines to the land-based power grids. The report found that electromagnetic fields, EMFs, emanating from subsea cables appear to produce birth deformities in juvenile lobster. That's just the beginning. The report also found that wind farms increase sea surface temperatures and alter upper ocean hydrodynamics in ways scientists don't yet even understand. And they whip up a sea sediment and generate highly turbid wakes that are 30 to 150 meters wide and several kilometers in length, having a major impact on primary production by phytoplankton, which are the base of marine food chains. And there's more. Wind turbines generate operational noise in a low-frequency range, less than 700 hertz, with most energy concentrated between 2 and 200 hertz. This frequency range overlaps with that used by fish for communication, mating, spawning, and spatial movement. Further, high-voltage direct current undersea cables produce magnetic fields that negatively affect the drifting trajectory of haddock larvae by interfering with their magnetic orientation abilities. Haddock are a significant portion of U.S. commercial fish landings and are an important component of the marine food chain. Let's stop there, because it just goes on and on. The stupidity of so many in the ranks of the human race defies rational comprehension. Bottom line, all the links in the chain of life matter. When the links break... The chain breaks. It already has. From the UK Guardian, climate crisis costing $16 million an hour in extreme weather damage study estimates. From that report, storms, floods, heat waves, and droughts have taken many lives and destroyed swaths of property in recent decades, with global heating making the events more frequent and intense. The study is the first to calculate a global figure for the increased costs directly attributable to human-caused global heating. Analysis shows at least $2.8 trillion in damage from 2000 to 2019 through the worsened storms, floods, and heat waves. And does this report make mention 
of climate intervention operation and what they do to the planetary climate system. They're completely decimating it from top to bottom using weather as a weapon, toxifying everything in the process. No mention whatsoever because the climate science community wants to keep pretending that climate engineering is just a dangerous proposal and nothing more. Asylum. That's what we live in. From AccuWeather, U.S. winter forecast for the 2023-2024 season. From that report, a strengthening El Nino will make this winter different from last year in parts of the United States. It will be colder with plenty more snow for... Is that even correct? That's how the AccuWeather article reads. Plenty more snow for millions of people who live in major cities, but that won't be the case everywhere. The upcoming winter is shaping up to be much different than last winter, especially across the central and eastern United States, and AccuWeather forecasters say one month may leave the biggest impression. The month of February, and that statement is from AccuWeather long-range meteorologist forecaster Paul Pastelock, who is involved with so much of this scheduled weather dissemination. These people can't often predict hours ahead of time. Are we to truly believe that Paul Pastelock has any idea what's going to happen in February, except that he's being given the scheduled weather script. And here's the script. Northeast, quote, get your snow shovels ready. Central U.S. to ride weather roller coaster. And there is considerable warmth planned for the West, according to National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. So, yes, the weather roller coaster, a.k.a. Climate Engineering Orchestrated Weather and Temperature Whiplash. And coming up, the schedule is for keeping the eastern half of the U.S. cool again. The weather makers need the moisture to chemically nucleate, and here it is. Also from AccuWeather, massive storm to spread rain along 1,600-mile swath of U.S. into this weekend. The report says widespread rain will cause travel disruptions and spoil outdoor plans for tens of millions for the heartland, from the heartland to the northeast into the weekends. They need the moisture for chemical ice nucleation operations that provides a, a surface cool down. That's where much of the massive hail comes from. We've tested this material. We're not guessing. And there's this from AccuWeather. Also, powerhouse typhoon Bolivin will impact Alaska and have downstream impacts. Another moisture pump being steered toward Alaska. We'll see what happens with that. From agriculture.com, this new headline. More bad corn than good in Missouri. The report states another week with above average temperatures far above and below normal precipitation continue to impact Missouri corn farmers. And it's not just them. I covered in last week's broadcast that half the soy crop decimated in South America. The list goes on and on. Fisheries collapsing everywhere and climate engineering being used to target agricultural producing regions. Flash floods, flash droughts, flash freezes coming up all at critical times in harvests, not just a coincidence. No, this is not nature. We can see these operations on satellite imagery. Why would we think those in power would not use this covert weapon against populations that are becoming an increasing liability to them as the planet's life support systems break down? From CNN, the Midwest U.S. could be a hotspot for deadly moist heat stress as global temperatures climb. This report states large parts of the world, including China and the Midwest U.S., are on track to become too hot for humans to handle. Accelerating global temperatures expose billions to heat and humidity so extreme their bodies will no longer be able to cope, according to a new study. Here's the problem with the CNN report referring to what is known as the wet bulb temperature, which I've covered on this broadcast for years. Deadly temperatures aren't just coming. 
They're occurring and accelerating. This is the feels-like or heat index temperature. Humidity is the key to this equation. And for the record, heat index readings in some parts of the world have already topped 160 degrees. And they may be higher still because it appears that the heat index readings are being underreported, just like official high temperature readings. From The Guardian, dead lawns, dry wells, Texas drought persists after summer heat dome. Again, high pressure heat dome, minus for heater induced, and they can park those heat domes where they want for as long as they want, steering upper level wind currents with them. Nothing natural in this equation anymore, and the entire so-called science community pretends it isn't happening. From Reuters.com, a parallel headline, and I'm going to plow through as many headlines as I can before I run out of time in this broadcast because there's some very key information I want to get to before I'm done. Deadly humid heat could hit billions spread as far as U.S. Midwest study says. Another parallel headline from SBS.com. Billions could face lethal heat this century if climate change worsens. New research claims. Again, all of this is so far off base. It is this bad now in many locations. It's getting worse at exponential speed. Again, the exponential equation that so few truly bother to actually try to understand. And the rate of acceleration is very difficult to comprehend. It will become more clear in the coming weeks and months. From the Washington Post, historic warmth grips Europe as summer-like weather refuses to relent. New from the UK Guardian, human emissions made deadly South American heat 100 times more likely. Of course, no mention of climate engineering in this equation. There's no legitimate discussion about climate anything from any perspective without first and foremost addressing the ongoing global climate intervention operations which have totally disrupted and derailed all former natural cyclical weather patterns. All of them. No natural weather. From MSN.com, I want to plow through a little bit more on this headline. Humanity could lose up to half of future medicines through plant extinctions. From this report, the main cause of these extinctions is habitat loss. That's not true. Again, climate engineering also industrialized militarized civilization, destroying habitats with massive contamination, climate engineering helping to destroy the ozone layer, massive UV radiation, toxic rain. All of this is a part of the equation which is ignored here in this MSN article. But they state 2,500 new species are formally described each year, and this excludes fungi, one of the least understood parts of the natural world. Again, fungi imperative for forest ecosystems. There's, it's so complex, we have no clue of the totality of this equation, and yet the climate science community is pushing the climate intervention insanity to destroying the entire planet, the entire web of life. So back to the fungi. Mycologists, those who study fungi, estimate that there are around 2.5 million species in total, of which 155,000 have been cataloged. That means the rest, over 2 million, have not. At the current rate of scientific description, it would take 750 to 1,000 years to catalog all fungal species. Think about that. We don't even know what we're destroying at this point. The human race is completely out of control. The wheels are coming off the bus now. Climate change, the report says, is certainly on the horizon, but it is much harder to measure as a threat. On the horizon? No, it's kicking in the front door now with climate intervention operations further fueling the fire. Now from AccuWeather. Extreme heat might have been the nail in the coffin for critical flora coral. No might, no could, no may. When you have 101 water degree temperatures, you're going to kill coral and everything else. Again, more of the science community. I'll get to that in a moment because it needs to be addressed. They are 
in so many ways, completely betraying the human race in the entire web of life. And about Florida, let's not forget the dead fish, dead manatees, sargassum, hydrogen sulfide emitting seaweed, flesh-eating bacteria, etc., etc. Yeah, let's all go vacation at Florida. And Florida isn't the only place with a problem. From CBC Canada, unprecedented marine heat wave hits Canada's east coast this summer. Marine heat waves have been linked to devastating effects like algae blooms, coral bleaching, and local fish loss. Again, that's happening all over the world. What factors missing from all the extreme heat articles? The thermal energy buildup from extreme UV radiation that's now bombarding the planet's surface. Listen carefully. This week I received a UV metering update from the former NASA contract engineer that monitors UV radiation for geoengineeringwatch.org. The news was sobering to say the least. Here's an excerpt from his message, word for word. Quote, there was a slight break in the upper atmospheric pollution today. I took readings. The UVC was up 135%. For those that don't know what UVC is, it's the last spectrum of UV radiation before X-ray. We all know how bad that is. And we are told UVC stops 100,000 feet up in the atmosphere. That is patently false. It's bombarding us on the surface now. This is a DNA-altering spectrum of UV radiation, already bad. And now our monitoring engineer says it's up 135%. He continues, I know this much for sure. Two years ago, I estimated our upper ozone layer was 30% of what it should be. Now my estimate is 20% and less in some areas. And the migrating ozone holes are bigger than ever. He finishes with this, we don't have much time. It would only take one small CME to end everything. That's a coronal mass ejection, a.k.a. solar flare. 2025, he says, is a long way off. People will understand the exponential function in their last breath. That's the end of the statement from our UV metering specialists. Bottom line, no functional ozone layer, no life on Earth. Now let's add this. From sciencealert.com, here's the headline. NASA states, we'd have 30 minutes warning before a killer solar storm hits Earth. And again, that headline doesn't bode well when considering our protective ozone layer has already been decimated. I'll cover a few more headlines, then I have some things that need to be said about the so-called climate science community. All the sciences, in fact, for that matter, academia as a whole. From iflscience.com. Calm. Surging methane suggests Earth is brewing an ice age termination event. Methane is both the driver and messenger of climate change. What does this mean? And there's a parallel headline. Let me cover that first from space.com. We could be 16 years into a methane-fueled termination event significant enough to end an ice age. Again, what that means is even if we were in an ice age now, the momentum of the heating that is occurring on the planet would end it. But we're not in an ice age. We're well out of it and already heating rapidly and we're adding more to the equation by the day. And that doesn't bode well for our species for any chance of survival. From CNA.com, climate engineering making all of it worse, by the way, not better. Australia's New South Wales and Victoria swing from bushfires to flash floods in 24 hours. Climate engineering wreaking havoc on the planet and its populations. From DCDailyCaller.com, snowfall forecasts are in and it looks like it'll be a cold winter in the U.S. Now listen to this. They completely changed their statement in the report. The summer in the world has experienced unprecedented heat waves, making 2023 the hottest summer on record. But the real threats are still to come. The delayed warming effects of El Nino could potentially make next year 2024 even hotter. Wait, it's going to be a cold winter in the U.S., but the world is going to be hotter? What could cause that to happen? 
try climate engineering with a military that's bigger than the next 10 biggest militaries combined. And don't think that that cold is a good thing because it's done with toxic climate engineering, chemical ice nucleating elements. We, all of us, each of us are under assault from so many directions, it's impossible to quantify. How can so many Americans be so willfully oblivious to the already immense and rapidly increasing suffering of so many around the world? Suffering that in far too many cases is, in one way or another, connected to the Western Empire's extraction of natural resources from their country, and certainly climate engineering on top of that, under the guise of spreading freedom and democracy. Far too many Americans seem to feel entitled to what's being hijacked from other countries, as if might makes right. The conquer and kill mentality, pushing us all toward mathematically certain near-term planetary omnicide. Here's an excerpt from the UK Guardian, a report titled, Animals Run Faster from Human Voices Than They Do from Lion Roar, Study Finds. Why should that research come as any surprise? I saw the film of it happening. Giraffes running away faster from human voices than from lions and other animals doing the same. Those animals know they sense the greatest danger to their very existence. About academia, a new science report from Frontiers in Education that directly addresses the lack of truth coming from so-called academia, and here's the title, No Research on a Dead Planet, Preserving the Socio-Ecological Conditions for Academia. The report states, despite thousands of higher education institutions called HEIs having issued climate emergency declarations, most academics continue to operate according to, quote, business as usual. However, such passivity increases the risk of climate impacts so severe as to threaten the persistence of organized society and thus the HEIs, higher education institutions, which would, of course, perish with the rest of society and the entire web of life. The Frontiers in Education report continues with this, a maladaptive cognitive practice gap persists and asks what steps could be taken by members of HEIs to activate the academy. Drawing on insights from climate psychology and sociology, we argue that a process of socially organized denial currently exists within universities, leading academics to experience a state of, quote, double reality that inhibits feelings of accountability and agency. And this is self-reinforcing through the production of pluralistic ignorance. We further argue that these processes serve to uphold the cultural hegemony of, quote, business as usual, and that this is worsened by the increasing neoliberalization of modern universities. Escaping these dynamics will require deliberate efforts to break taboos. More from this report. As for teaching, so for research, with scant attention given to the grand challenge of our age in flagship academic journals. For instance, the Quarterly Journal of Economics, a preeminent economics journal, did not publish a single paper on climate change prior to 2019. This pattern is repeated across numerous disciplines. It's as though the crisis is somehow deemed unworthy of the Academy's concerted attention. Some have referred to this as, quote, climate silence. And let's talk about climate engineering silence, worse still. They continue, in the humanities, the phenomenon has been dubbed the great derangement, In quote. This dissonance extends to the individual behavior of many academics. Given that planetary change threatens the socio-ecological conditions on which academic institutions depend, including the entire web of life and all of civilization, The report then asks, why does this cognitive practice gap persist? 
Universities have, in effect, become fraud bubbles in which staff and students must construct a double reality in order to pursue a narrow social role trapped in maladaptive incentive structures of increasingly neoliberal institutions. This ultimately serves to reproduce the hegemonic practices, norms, and conventions driving socio-ecological collapse. Again, both academic institutions and academics as individuals largely exist in this state of, quote, double reality in which we're able to intellectually recognize the existence of the crisis without feeling a compulsion to act on it. Far too many academics are striving to achieve professional success, but not our collective survival. All academics, no matter their discipline, have a role in this, for there's no research on a dead planet. Bottom line summary, if we don't collectively deal with industrialized, militarized societies, all-out assault on nature and the planet's life support systems, the entire boat goes down, a.k.a. planet Earth, we all perish, at which time all other causes and concerns become moot. What's occurring in our skies, highly toxic climate engineering, weather warfare operations, are the single most destructive form of human activity of all are the greatest and most immediate threat we face short of nuclear cataclysm, and the whole of academia is pretending it isn't happening. These are truly dark days on planet Earth, though even now far too many Americans are still neck deep in normalcy bias, thus they don't have or want any clue about what's unfolding around the rest of the world. Yes, the so-called American dream, making America great again, as the slogan goes. What's that even mean? Based on the history of how we got here, looting, plundering, pillaging, and polluting other nations. The extraction-based economic system that has laid waste to the planet, an economic system that is increasingly supported by the military-industrial complex, the war machine, building yet more weapons of mass destruction with the planet's waning natural resources. Question, how can any of us just go about our lives while so many are suffering, while so many are in such pain, while there's so much injustice, while there's so much hunger, all of which will worsen rapidly as ecological collapse and societal insanity accelerates? And so much of all of that I just mentioned in the hands of the controllers that claim to be spreading freedom and democracy around the world at the point of a gun. Matrix media is lying to us on so many levels that the totality of deception is impossible to quantify, so much of it by omission. Honest and objective investigation and evaluation of facts, both historical and current, is necessary for any potentially accurate assessment of what's unfolding. Far too many are flying blind on programmed autopilot with beliefs and conclusions that were carefully crafted for them by the controllers of the matrix over the course of decades. This must change or we have no chance. Any meaningful change, of course, must start with exposing and halting all atmospheric aerosol spraying operations, which are much more than weather warfare. It's a form of biological warfare from which there is no place to hide. We must reach a critical mass of awareness, which means breaking down the programmed conclusions. This effort will take all of us. We must make every day count. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for specific details on how you can help to move this fight forward. It's up to us, each of us, all of us. And if we stand together, we may yet make a profound leap in the right direction, even at this late hour. Face to the wind, never give up, ever. Until next week, this is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org.